0: Tell me a story.
1: story. I'm really glad to see mental health has become less taboo to talk about. For me, it was taboo for such a long time. And I think I was so conditioned to think that it was taboo and there was no one to talk to about it, that it's hard to break out of that mental mindset and make that shift. Because when you're conditioned as a younger, per- you know, usually when you're conditioned, it's as a younger person, more kind of impressionable and then unlearning that as an adult, for me, has been really difficult. I noticed some symptoms, you know, what we now see as symptoms of depression as a teenager. And that looked like low self-worth, very low self-esteem, kind of this suicidal ideation. Even though I never acted on it as a, as a teenager, it was still very present. And now as an adult when I look back on those years and think what what was it? You know, it you know a lot of mental health is certainly chemical and genetic and or body chemistry, but a lot of it is triggered by our you know our world, like what's around us and what experiences we go through. And so when I look at myself as kind of that 16, 17, 18 year old, late high school, early college. What I think were the triggers of that was the household I grew up in. I felt like I was always being compared to other people. You know, we hear this cliche, comparison is the thief of joy. Well, yeah, I can see that. And also when... I felt so compared all the time. It made me feel like, oh, I'm not good enough. This is no kind of judgment or anything against parents or anyone in the house or family. That's just, that was my experience of it. You know, my experience of that comparison was I'm not good enough. I'm not like pretty or smart or whatever enough for my family but then when I got to college I did I went through the journalism program and majored in journalism PR which led to joining professional organization and to this particular mentor my experience with that mentor was good at first but then I experienced sexual assault and I you know we have words for that now but back then I didn't. And when I think about what was happening and the scenario around it, that triggered a lot of depression. So not only was it present, you know, chemically in my, you know, genetic makeup, there was a strong influencing factor that just exacerbated all of it. And, I didn't know it at the time, but it really affected my life for decades after that. As an adult, I can look back now at my actions and behaviors and identify, you know, some trigger points and what caused a lot of it. And honestly, a lot of it started in church. We were, we attended a particular church of a particular religion that, where purity culture was very much entrenched in, in what they were teaching in, in the faith. I use that that, like in quotes, but very loosely because so much of purity culture is about women, a being like submissive, but also, you know, pure and, you know, a girl could have sex with a five guys and be considered like impure and, broken and basically like garbage, but a guy could have sex with uh, 200 girls. And he's still like this very upstanding kind of dude. It also taught a lot of shame for girls and not guys. I don't think guys experienced it like, like the girls did because there was no shame for them around dressing immodestly or, you know, having lots of sexual partners Whereas girls were taught that we were the responsible ones. We had to, you know, there was like this, you have to dress in in, in a way that doesn't like appeal to guys in any way. Yeah, because
0: sure. boys safe. will be boys,
1: right? No, so toxic and complete garbage. Because Absolutely. There was already, you know, there was the piece at home where I felt compared and not worthy. But then there was also this very um, loud voice or loud message at church that said, oh, you should cover up and feel shame about your body, even if you haven't done anything wrong and you're responsible. And, oh, by the way, it's all about the guy's pleasure and what he wants. When I got to college and had heard all of those messages my whole life, the sexual assault happened I think largely because I was never taught to say no or reject it. It was always like in purity culture and in church about what the male wanted. Like let him essentially girls don't have agency. Women don't have agency.
0: Well, and it's almost like you've already made a mistake by putting yourself in a position to for that to happen to you. Yes. Uh, every day, you know how how that narrative goes is every every step you've taken towards that has been your fault because you made bad decisions. You did this. You did this. You put yourself in that position. You know. Well, if you don't want to be sexually harassed, don't don't do things that'll get you know that that are gonna make it happen to you. And that's just such the wrong wrong approach. This <laughs> that's not how that's not how this should work.
1: Right. Exactly between, you know, home and church, which are incredibly, you know, influential in anyone's life, uh, especially an impressionable child. So there are all these layers to how depression manifested itself. And I was depressed for a long time and made some really terrible choices, instigated bad relationships, exhibited bad behavior. I mean, Quote unquote bad, you know, or I say the word, I use the word bad because it would be deemed really terrible by that purity culture and by church and family who like participated in that religion. Years went by where I didn't realize what was happening and didn't understand, you know, just couldn't fit the pieces together thinking, I remember thinking, why is this happening? Like, why am I acting this way? And this doesn't feel good. And one day I just, I called the doctor and went at the time my PCP and went in and just said, Hey, I'm feeling all these things, like really irrational things. I wanted to be violent and I'm not a violent in general person, I wanted to, you know, again, suicidal ideation, just constantly feeling like I feel like the world would be a better place without me here. And why am I here? And why I feel like a waste of space and personhood. And she said, that's when I was diagnosed with clinical depression. And it went on for years and years until and through different medications and various counselors and counseling sessions and uh, seeing a psychiatrist. And, you know, really the thing that has been the most helpful is disassociating from those beliefs of purity culture and that religion, the term deconstruction is really popular right now. And so I'll use that here. It's deconstructing all of those toxic for, for me what were toxic beliefs in in a larger belief system that sent really bad messages to the kids. And I know I'm not the only one. And you know when you, you know you're not the only one, it helps to be able to talk about it more and be more open about it and I'm well I'm not happy or glad that anyone else had to experience this. I know people have And there's a lot of, uh, you know, that psychological safety in knowing that that's happened to other people, I guess all that to say, while I don't have constant depression now it's cyclical, it kind of comes in cycles, you know, depending on, you know, am I taking my medication and I do believe. You know, I haven't ever been tested exactly like my, the chemistry of my brain has never been tested, but I do think there is a chemical component of it because I know when I do not take medication, I tend to spiral really hard. And so I have to really, I guess, practice a lot of self-care and compassion um, because now I'm seeing the factors that really contribute to that.
0: Yeah, you mentioned earlier, finally having the language to explain kind of what you're going through, being able to speak a little more openly about your mental health. One thing I did want to ask you about um, as you've gone through counseling, did you find that it got worse before it got better? You know, once you were really intentional about kind of moving through depression and and finding it, did you find it it got, it's like it got harder?
1: before it got better 100% it got harder before it got better because you have to uncover and unlearn i think the the task of unlearning is so much harder than it is learning right because when you're learning you are being taught by people in authority and in our religion that was not to be questioned That was to be accepted for what it is and take it at face value and make that part of your own belief system. Unlearning all of those messages and then realizing that I had agency to do something different, to even think something different and then be able to do something different with that new information was incredibly difficult. Coming out better and better of those dark seasons has been an evolution.
0: It's a lot of work, a lot of work to be upright. That's what it feels like. Some days I'm just, I'm working really hard just to kind of be upright.
1: Yes, that is so true. And knowing that some days it's okay just to be upright. Some days that's what needs to happen. And that's my best and If that's my best and I know I'm making an effort, then that's okay. I'm still here. You know, depression looks so different for everyone, but I hope that even by this, you know, small sharing of my story, it can help others realize that they can get help too. And even if you're going through a dark season now, doesn't mean it's always going to be dark.